Well, hello there, handsome. Oh, hello there, precious. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) I'm flattered. Oh, yes, good. I'm going to try it one more time. This is... (laughs) I'm going to try to make it seem like I'm getting out of a limo and you're the suitor and... Oh, um, okay. Okay. So here I come out of a limo and you're standing there looking all hunky and fresh and I'm in a beautiful evening gown and (coughs) stepping out in my high heels in front of the mansion. Okay. Okay. Ready? Mm -hmm. Oh, hello there, handsome. Oh, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi, it's very nice to meet you. (laughs) And then I would lean in and embrace you. And my boobs would press up against you. Oh, (laughs) they just always get in the way. (laughs) Well, hopefully they don't get in the way of you and I getting to know each other. Well, I hope not, too. My name is Daphne with two Fs. (laughs) Great to meet you, Daphne. (laughs) I can't wait to see you naked. (laughs) (laughs) That is, this is an actual accurate representation of The Bachelor. That, um, I mean, that was a real clip from the show that we were playing right now. (laughs) Yes. Daphne (laughs) with two Fs is my favorite Bachelor contestant. (laughs) Me too. Uh, well, anyway, welcome to Televisionary, the podcast about the shows that shaped us. We just tried to, we wanted to try a little sketch comedy for a little improv to start I don't know things if, off. I don't know but, if Rock the Bachelor is really my character. <laughs> I may need a little work on that one. Yeah, that sketch may not make the final edit, it's but, right. but we tried it and it's fine. Anyway, I'm Cody Hoffman. I'm Elena Hillard. And this is Televisionary. And it sure is. And in this episode, we are talking about a very influential, very important (sighs) show in television history for better or worse, The Bachelor slash The Bachelorette. (laughs) In all of our materials prepping for this episode, anytime I've typed it, I've written The Bachelor and then in parentheses, et, right after it, just because... I don't know how we'll title the episode, but maybe that's how we I, I think, titled it. I was thinking that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Bachelor is a show that I think both of us can comfortably say we cannot stand. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're going to get into a lot, if not all, of the reasons that the show is bad. It's hard to talk about all of them. <laughs> but... Um, Yeah, we are going to dissect this show a lot and then be very grateful at the end of this episode that we can put the show out of our minds and hopefully never have to think about it again. Yeah. Because I've thought about it way too much over the last few weeks and it has only made me dislike it more. I have to say, going into this, I actually really thought that I could get down with The Bachelor because we all know on this podcast of my reality show journey that I've been on (laughs) since the onset of COVID. And like, you know, I've watched Rock of Love. I've watched Flavor of Love. Like, I love those shows. But The Bachelorette compared to those, it's like not even close. It's just Mm -hmm. not like those shows work, I think, because they are so trashy. Mm -hmm. Not that The Bachelor 
Bachelorette is not trashy, but it's like, it's like got this like wax coating on it to make it all shiny and nice in a way that I just do not appreciate at all. Yeah, they don't want you to think that it's trashy. Right, But exactly. it's like, you can put lipstick on a pig to steal but it's still a pig. That, you know, that famous line. But yeah, you can, you know, put nail polish on a turd, but then you just have a turd covered in nail polish. Still no one wants to touch it. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Yeah, yeah, it sure is. <laughs> now, we don't want to use this podcast to just trash talk TV that we don't like. Right. So we are still going to try to come from the most subjective angle or most objective (laughs) (laughs) angle that we can and reserve our subjective hatred for the show i i i like to be as fair and impartial as possible in our discussions and dissections of these shows as we possibly can if you are a fan of the bachelor we're not going to tell you that you are a piece of human garbage if you want to infer that I mean, you may not be wrong, but we're not going to say that. How much did you actually end up watching? So I had never watched a full episode of any part of the Bachelor universe until a couple of weeks ago when we started preparing for this episode. I had caught like bits and pieces of it. My mom used to watch it sometimes when I was growing up, so, like, if I was coming through the living room, I would occasionally see some things and, you know, just have to roll my eyes at it because it was so stupid and an affront to my intelligence. Um, (laughs) But I ended up watching two complete seasons of the show. I watched season 12 of The Bachelorette, which was JoJo's season, and then season 23 of The Bachelor, which was Colton's season. And I am very glad that I watched Colson's season, even though it literally made me want to tear my hair out and crawl under yeah. a rock and never come back out. But I think it was just absolutely illuminating for the things that we need to talk about on this episode. So <laughs> how much did you end up watching? Well, Cody, I didn't finish a season, to be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> I tried so hard. I watched almost all of the Hannah Brown season of Bachelorette. I think it's season 15. I actually watched the conclusion of the Fantasy Suite episode today. Mm. And I tried watching the first episode of Colton's season, but I could not make it more than 20 minutes in. I had to turn it off. Like, it is just so offensive. And I want to say here on the record that I'm going to be better about this in the future. There's a couple shows that we're planning to talk about that like I'm not super excited about, but I really want to watch all of before Mm -hmm. we talk about, or at least most of. But this one, I just, I couldn't do it. Also in Colton's season, I was confused because the first episode that I clicked on didn't really show people getting out of the limo. Yes, that was the same issue I had on Hulu. That's where I was yeah. watching it. It was like a live premiere, and mm-hmm. it was like a it was supposed to be a two part episode, I think, but it only had like half of it. It seemed. Why was there a lady in in a an animal costume? <laughs> Did you I have see no that? idea. The sloth. Yeah. No, she was not like 
in the part of the episode that was on Hulu at all. I took a screenshot of it. I was like, okay, here's all these beautiful women, and then here's this one person, and like, <laughs> is she a mascot? Like, uh, what is this? Uh, yeah, I did not get the story on that. But then her description for the rest of the season is just sloth. Like, that's one thing I noticed. Like, they are so dehumanizing they troll. to these people. Yes. Like, <laughs> uh, there was another girl on Colton's season who had never been kissed. And her description was no. just never been kissed. And then oh. she kissed Colton later in the season, and her description did not change to, like, any substantive explanation of who she is as a person. Her description is then just has been kissed. One of my favorite contestants on the Hannah Brown season is this guy named Grant, who his little lower third the whole time is just unemployed. <laughs> well, there was one guy on JoJo's season who was just hipster. Like, is that his occupation? <laughs> like That is so funny to me. And it makes me think, like, are people just not reading it? Or is that, like, part of the fun for people? I, I feel like it must be part of the fun to just reduce people down to some, <laughs> you know, completely insignificant and, I don't know, maybe inaccurate, but totally irrelevant, I guess, description of who they are. Wait, also, wasn't Colton a virgin? Yeah. So why wasn't his little lower third never had sex? Oh, I don't know. Uh, maybe it was on the season that he was originally on. I don't know. I wonder. I didn't anyway. even think about that. It was His was probably former pro football player. Probably. Because that's what, like, two-thirds of the people on the show are. Except for Grant, he's just unemployed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Has been forever. <laughs> I mean, he might have been a former NFL player who is currently unemployed. That's if he retired. Possible. But anyway, we are doing what we said we weren't going to do, which is just <laughs> <laughs> talk poorly about the show. Uh, uh, do you want to just get sorry. into like the history and kind of what the show is about? Yeah, let's do that. We'll start with a little overview of the show. I guess I can break it down for you. So, in each season of The Bachelor or Bachelorette, an impossibly attractive and desirable single person, who we'll call the suitor. I don't think that The Bachelor actually uses that word suitor. I think that I'm only stealing that from, from Unreal. Everlasting, the <laughs> fake reality show on Unreal. But I like it, and I'm going to keep using it. Anyway, the suitor is forced to choose a mate for themselves <laughs> from a pool of 25 to 30 Impossibly attractive and mostly desirable other single people, who we'll call the contestants. Each episode might feature a challenge of some sort, for which the prize is a date or alone time with the suitor, or the suitor may just select contestants who they want to go on dates with during that episode. At the end of each episode, there's usually the most dramatic rose ceremony ever, where the suitor hands out roses to the contestants they want to stay and says goodbye to the ones who will not be continuing in the competition. And after several weeks of that hullabaloo, the suitor chooses whichever contestant they would most like to marry and procreate with. And the man in this new couple may choose to propose, thanks chauvinism, but they don't always propose or the proposal could be rejected. By this point, there have been enough variations of what could happen with the ending of the season right. that they've pretty much seen it all. And the show is known for loads and loads of drama and twists and turns that deviate from the expected course of the show. But anyway, that is the general gist in a very diminutive <laughs> explanation. <laughs> I just want to say before we move on to anything else that 
one of the things I particularly don't like about this show is how low stakes the competitions are and Mm. how, like, completely random it seems that, like, dates are chosen or given Mm -hmm. one thing i appreciate about rock of love not to i promise i'm not going to compare the show to that (laughs) the entire time but like the competitions on that show are cut throat and Mm -hmm. like actually seem genuine as to who like the winner is in those whereas for the bachelor or bachelorette at least what i've seen of it it just seems like it's whoever they really want to give the screen time to and i just don't really like that i don't appreciate that at all yeah there was on on jojo's season there was a firefighting challenge which seemed kind of uh, like a setup because one of the guys is actually a firefighter (laughs) anyway like there were 10 guys on this group date and three of them were going to get alone time with jojo or whatever so of course the firefighter ended up being one of them and then there were two other guys one of whom passed out during the challenge because he was too hot oh my god but then he got up and kept going, and that's why they chose him, why JoJo chose him as one of the winners, because he did the worst in the challenge, and then, I don't know, survived, I guess? Right. Didn't die? So, like, it all just is, like, so clearly manipulated and decided behind the scenes, yep. and which we'll get into in a little bit here. But yes. anyway... So The Bachelor premiered on ABC on March 25th, 2002, and the spinoff, The Bachelorette, premiered on January 8th, 2003. And since then, The Bachelor has aired 25 seasons and is currently airing its 26th as of this recording. And The Bachelorette has aired 18 seasons. The series was created by Mike Fleiss, who had previously created the TV special Who Wants to Marry a Multi-Millionaire, which was a two-hour beauty pageant-style contest in which 50 women competed to marry an unseen wealthy man at the end of the special. That special aired on Fox on February 15th, 2000, which I think it's interesting to note was even before Survivor premiered. Like, this was before reality television really existed. It was uh, sort of inspired, I guess, by Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, which was very popular at the time. And I guess the creator was thinking about winning all this money being the American dream. And what is the other American dream? Finding love. So he just decided to kind of combine the two (laughs) and make this horribly misogynistic and reductive television special which aired on fox to a lot of critical backlash and some serious yeah uh, uh, i wouldn't say repercussions maybe but some serious down talking i guess from certain pockets of society but it garnered 23 million viewers. Also, there was some drama happening behind the scenes, the multi-millionaire. Like... That's what I was going to say. Yeah, so I just feel like while this show did obviously illustrate that there's an audience for this kind of thing, which led him to then go on and create The Bachelor, it also showed just how like dangerous the waters of this sort of like reality dating show genre can be like i feel so basically the multi-millionaire 
it turned out that he had a restraining order against him from a former partner. And the woman who won ended up being so unhappy, she says that she cried every night until their marriage was annulled. And I just feel like, sure, you hear about, like, contestants you know, we talked on our Drag Race episode about, like, a contestant who was doing something horrible outside of the show. But I feel like with these dating shows, you really tend to get quite a few people who have sort of, like, shady backgrounds. And it makes me wonder, like, how they get onto these shows. Like, there was another show called Megan Wants a Millionaire or whatever, mm-hmm. where one of the contestants had a really bad background outside of the show. So, I don't know. This is interesting that the first kind of big show like this already set up that trend. Right. That is fascinating. So, The Bachelor has spawned an entire universe of spin-offs besides just The Bachelorette. Those include Bachelor Pad, Bachelor in Paradise, Bachelor in Paradise After Paradise, The Bachelor Summer and Winter Games, and The Bachelor Presents Listen to Your Heart. I don't know what that is, but anyway... And there are also international versions in, I don't know how many countries, I didn't find an exact number on that, but numerous international versions. Both of the marquee shows, I guess, for the franchise and all of the spinoffs were hosted by Chris Harrison from The Bachelor's Inception through 2021. But in 2021, Harrison parted ways with the franchise for reasons we will discuss later. One thing I, I found kind of interesting about The Bachelor, I kept doing research for this episode and kept finding stuff for a different reality dating show, which is Love Island. Mm. And Love Island has like a podcast and like a live feed online of like what happens in the house like after it's airing. And while The Bachelor has like all of these spinoffs, it doesn't have as much like supporting content as I would expect it to. Like I expected it to have an official podcast, Mm. like expected it to have some sort of like even Big Brother does like the little online companion. Mm. Mm -hmm. I just thought that it would have that so that did kind of surprise me but it also maybe speaks to something we'll talk about later which is like the show's fan base may just not even want those things Mm -hmm. and I feel like building on that the ratings for the show despite the fact that we're in such a streaming era right now are still pretty strong Mm -hmm. so ratings for The Bachelor and The Bachelorette have declined since their premieres but the franchise is still one of abc's most reliable programs with an average of over six million live viewers per episode the franchise has a super active fan base known as bachelor nation which was actually a great resource in researching this episode (laughs) and they are very invested very vocal on social media and vocal about the things that they want to see on the show. And I would also say, like, in addition to the fan base, the former contestants from the show are basically set up to become influencers after being on the show, if I may say that. They end up kind of being featured in tabloids, entertainment news. They build careers on this, which is good because a lot of people have to quit their jobs to be on the show. (laughs) That's one thing that I don't know how much we had planned to go into, but like if you are trying to get on The Bachelor and you do, it is then your full time job. Like to not just go on the show for, you know, the couple of months that it is filming, but then afterward, you can't just return to normal life. The 
world, the Bachelor Nation will not let you <laughs> return to normal life. So, like, you have to be ready to completely change your life in order to do this show. And that is something that we probably will touch on a little bit more. But it's something that I'm sure not everyone watching the show realizes about these contestants. It is a really life-altering decision. So... With this episode, we are taking a slightly different approach than uh, we do to some of the other shows that we talk about, because there have been so many seasons of these shows now that it's kind of impossible to touch on all of the moments that had impacts, especially since we can't stand the show and don't want to watch all of the seasons that have aired in order to (laughs) find all of those important moments. So we are just going to kind of talk more broadly about the impact of the show and sort of insert along the way some of the important touchstone kind of moments rather than separating them out and use those moments sort of as support for the things that we are saying. The first thing we want to talk about is probably one of the biggest things that we don't like about the show or biggest things that the show is known for, which is that it's all fake. (laughs) (laughs) It is reality TV in the biggest of air quotes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so we are not just saying this as viewers of the show plenty of the contestants that go on the show have come out and admitted that it is not real that it is fake and it is very obvious that so much happens behind the scenes that we never get to see that never airs on tv and of course there's all of the contracts the ndas destruction of footage that happens during the editing process. There is a lot that happens and we just don't know. And we are manipulated a lot. And we already kind of referenced the TV show Unreal, which was inspired by The Bachelor and was actually created, co-created by someone who used to work on The Bachelor. And that show provides a little bit of like a behind the scenes of what a show like The Bachelor might be like. And I gotta say, I really thought Unreal was maybe making a lot of stuff up, but the Mm -hmm. more I read about The Bachelor, the more I realized, like, it is actually pretty true to what I think probably happens behind the scenes on The Bachelor. Yeah, I think so, too. That is a fictional show, obviously, but then The Bachelor has inspired so many other reality shows that are the reality dating shows. So like Joe Millionaire, the VH1 Celeb Reality franchise, Shot at Love, the list really goes on and on. There's a lot in this genre. The show itself really has, you know, because it is all fake, it has a horrible (laughs) track record of creating lasting relationships. (laughs) Only one bachelor has married his chosen woman and three bachelorettes have married their winners. I believe that all of the marriages that have happened from the show are still intact. I don't think there have been any divorces, but most of the engagements or relationships that have formed from the show have fallen apart within a year or two following the show's conclusion. So it's not the kind of show that anyone is going on because it has really produced the results that it claims (laughs) to be capable of. Which... Sorry to interject here, but I was thinking about our, just now, I was thinking about our American Idol episode, and then us also on that episode talking about The Voice. And, like, The Voice is a show that has not really produced any viable acts. And I guess it's been 
around for a really long time. But, like, you'd think that at a certain point, I mean, The Bachelor's been around for so long now. The fact that it doesn't ever really produce what it's claiming to be doing, you'd think that that would end up being a negative, but it doesn't really seem to matter to anyone, Mm -mm. even though these people become fixtures It's not like they just disappear. They become fixtures in viewers' lives and you can follow their journey after the show and still know that it doesn't work out. So it's almost surprising to me that people continue to tune in, which makes me think that it really has nothing to do with the premise of the show. True. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a good segue, I think, into a question that I had about this part of the impact is why do people still want to watch it if they know it's fake? And, uh, like, is it just the fact that they don't realize that they are being so manipulated? Or do they know that and just not care? And if so, why don't they care, I guess? I'm trying to put myself in the mind frame of someone who actually enjoys the show. And I'm just, uh, like, I'm wondering what they get out of watching it. Like, what enjoyment do they derive from it, I guess? Yeah, I mean, I thought a lot about this, and I think it's a really interesting question to ask, but what I basically came up with is, watching any show, there is a suspension of disbelief, and I feel like with The Bachelor, what you're suspending is the belief that this is reality, and so maybe Mm. a better way to put it is rather than suspension of disbelief, I would say maybe it is like an extension of your belief. You're choosing to believe that elements of this are real. And I Mm. think what allows people to make that leap is the credibility that they give to the, again, huge air quotes, real people cast on this show. Somehow, like, even though... I don't think even the most rabid Bachelor fan can watch the show and think any of it is all that real. But I think the fact that at the end of the day, the people cast are just people who come on the show and they know what they have to say and what they have to do as a contestant on the show. They're still saying it in the way that they would as like a genuine person. Mm. And then I think as a viewer, it's easier for you to insert yourself into the shoes of that person and it becomes credible for that reason. I don't know if any of that made sense, but that's kind of where my mind was thinking about with this. Like, it's so obvious it's fake. My mom watches it. She loves it. She still talks about how it's fake, right? Uh But she still enjoys it. And like, sure, Bachelor is very different from like True Detective season one or whatever. But like in both, you're choosing to just set aside the fact that you know it's not real. And maybe The Bachelor just becomes a little more engaging for people who want to escape or relate or feel like, what would I do in this circumstance? Which, Mm -hmm. to jump ahead, connects to the people who watch the show who are primarily women. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know, it's it's an interesting thing. I don't know if that totally answers the question, but I just maybe thinking about reality TV, it's just best to think of it as the same thing as a normal TV show and just know that everyone knows it's not real. Yeah, that's basically the approach that I was taking with this, too. I feel like there are probably really two camps of people who watch the show and enjoy it. There are the people who just want to watch something that they know is 100% fabricated, but that is soapy and filthy and 
you know, just kind of people behaving badly on TV and they like that juiciness of it. So who cares if it's all manipulated or, you know, if they're trying to be made to believe something that everyone knows is not true. They don't care about that. They just want the suds, you know, the... I don't know if there's a better way to say it than the suds, but I'm sure there is. But I'm not thinking of it right now. They want that juice, right? And The Bachelor gives them plenty of juice. And then there are probably, the other camp is probably people who know that it is fake, or at least, you know, might be manipulated a little bit and don't want to fully admit it. But they have enough hope for love. (laughs) They want it to be real. So they're okay Mm -hmm. with putting up with some of the stuff that is so obviously fabricated in order to identify with the parts of it that they think could be real. There is something that they are latching onto in the contestants' emotions, even if they are totally put on for the cameras, that, you know, allows them to, as you said, suspend their disbelief and to commit to this idea that, yes, the love that I'm seeing here on screen is real and it is the love that I want in my life or that I want for other people. Yeah, I think that that is, (laughs) I think you just said everything I wanted to say in a much more clear way, but (laughs) it also, just the tail end of what you said there makes me think about, like, all the women watching this show, like, what is the one thing, like, everyone wants, you know, everyone wants to, like, fantasize, and everyone wants to think, if I was on a show like The Bachelor, I would be the one person where it (laughs) did become real for me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like, as silly as that is, it's like when I watch Survivor. I'm like, if I was on Survivor, I would win all these challenges. And it's like, (laughs) I know at the end of the day that I probably would go home the first week, but we all, (laughs) with reality shows especially, I think can just so easily say, if I was there, this is how it would go for me. So Mm -hmm. I think that that is an aspect of it as well. Yeah, it probably is. But uh, this was something I was thinking about too. Like, no one is... Like, people can sit at home and go, if I was there, this is what I would do all day long. But no one who is actually going on the show let's be honest here, is going on it to find love. Yeah. Because there are way easier ways to find love in this world (laughs) that do not require signing your life away in these contracts, signing NDAs, giving up your job, committing yourself to a life of tabloid fodder. Like, you have to be committed to your entertainment career, your influencer career, in order to go on the show. It's not about love. And the average viewer at home probably realizes that, but there probably are those people who think that people get cast on this show who innocently do show up just wanting love. And those people don't actually exist on the show, even if they present themselves as that. You know, the tears might be real just because of how rigorous this process is. And how much alcohol they give them. Yes. People might, (laughs) contestants on the show might develop feelings that do seem very real in that moment. And whenever things don't pan out, then yes, they might have very real reactions to that. But that doesn't mean that they went on the show with completely noble intentions, I guess, of just finding that love that they wanted or never really wanted in reality. Yeah. And to just back up really fast, I do think that if I was on Survivor, I would actually do pretty well. Just I think you would, too. <laughs> <laughs> 
we did have a couple of examples of when this sort of fakeness of the show kind of shows through. A good example of that is season 12 of The Bachelorette. There is a contestant named Chad who was clearly playing up his sort of mentally unstable personality for the cameras. He made numerous threats of physical violence against contestants. And if those had been real physical threats, he would have been removed from the show. (laughs) But wow, he gets to stay and keep creating this drama. And not only does he do this on The Bachelor, he comes back for The Bachelor in Paradise and he does the exact same thing. Again, I say if this person was perceived to be an actual threat to the show, he would have been removed and he would never have been welcomed back. But, and I know you probably have something to say, did you happen to see that he was arrested in 2020? Oh, no, I did not. So I definitely agree that he was, he continued to be a presence on the show for drama, but Mm -hmm. he was arrested in 2020 for robbery with domestic violence and then was later committed to a mental hospital because he was perceived to be a threat to himself Hmm. after he posted his hundred thousand dollar bail so (sighs) even if like obviously he was allowed to stay for drama and but like i'm gonna say something that i'll probably say again like six more times throughout this episode why if he ended up actually being a threat in real life how was he ever cleared by psych to be on the show if they didn't want that drama. Exactly. That's the thing that I was going to say is they clearly had to have identified something within that guy throughout his psychological battery <laughs> that they give all yeah. of the contestants during the casting process. And they they have to have attuned to those, you know, elements of his personality, of his psyche that predispose him to being powder keg in a situation like this. Right. And they cast him for that reason. That's the thing. Like, they don't see those things and go, ooh, this guy might not do well in this environment because of, you know, this trait, this trait, and this result on this test. They say, oh, good, this guy is a crazy person, you know? I don't mean to use that (laughs) word lightly because I think he actually probably does have some significant mental health challenges. But, like, they, they have to identify those things when they're doing their assessment and say, yes, that's the kind of person we want on here because we want to generate this falsehood, this storyline that's going to captivate our viewers. It's going to make things interesting and keep people watching. And it doesn't matter that they are then subjecting this guy and potentially other people to danger because they're letting it play out here and they want it to happen like chad was claiming on season 12 to go hunt people down after the show to go find out where they live and yeah and like if the show didn't want him to do that then they would clearly have the right to take him right off of the show at that moment that's kind of sick (laughs) it is but And I'm going to interject a story here that I can edit out later if I want, but I personally know someone who was on an upcoming reality show Mm -hmm. and who went through the psyche val. The psych person said, I would not clear you for a competition show because of your predisposed traits and the way that you are so hard on yourself, Mm. but this isn't a competition show, so I will clear you. And then... She shows up 
And, oh, it's a competition show. Mm. Even though the psych person said, I wouldn't have cleared you for this. Wow. So, I will say from that little behind-the-scenes snippet that I have, my little insider info, that it's possible that these psych people aren't being given the full picture. Yeah. Or that they are given the full picture and that they're playing people just as much as producers. True. Either way, it's messed up. Yeah. And I don't want to give any more specifics there, but I think it plays into what we're talking about here and is worth mentioning. All right. So another supporting point for the thin veneer of, of, <laughs> of truth that the show has that sometimes gets broken through, crashed through with a tractor trailer is uh, on season 14, a, contest- a contestant named Rosalind Papa, who was eliminated from the show for having an inappropriate relationship with one of the show's producers, which mm. obviously would not have happened if she was actually there to date The Bachelor. I don't know if there's a whole lot more to say about that, other than, like, this is just so clearly evidence that there is so much stuff happening behind the scenes that we will never know, unless right. it is so unavoidable that it has to make it on the air. A fun little side note, too. During the After the Final Rose episode, Rosalind Papa accused Chris Harrison of hitting on that producer's wife. Hmm. So... Just to throw that out there. But anyway, these examples sort of bring up a question in my mind of, you know, the show clearly has sustained its success past these uh, little hiccups, <laughs> these situations on the show demonstrate its its fakeness. And it makes me wonder if other reality shows that started out, you know, trying to be a little more real might have seen that it's you know, that the fake drama that these shows generate might be good for them. They might be good for business and might lead them to manipulate some of their own drama and storylines, create storylines where there are none, that kind of stuff, in order to make more compelling television. How much do you think The Bachelor has inspired that among other shows? Do you think the, that The Bachelor is the worst offender for creating something from nothing or from telling a totally different story on screen than what has happened off screen? Or do you think that there are other shows that are worse about it? I definitely think that The Bachelor has inspired other shows to be created that follow in its footsteps. As for sort of production of things or its manipulation of things to create storylines or you know to basically be unreal reality i don't know how much it's like changed shows that are already out there i mean it's been around for so long but i feel like shows like survivor or big brother like shows that have also been on the air for quite some time like those shows probably were already being pretty manipulative as is and have only become more so over time I definitely don't think it's the worst offender. Like, I was thinking about the early seasons of Keeping Up with the Kardashians and how just, like, st- like literally, like, stuff is just made up there. Like, oh, like, we're going to get this thing for Chris. Like, isn't there an episode where they get, like, a monkey for Chris or something? I don't know. There's just, like, Probably. stuff where it's just so over the top and clearly manipulated and it's that's actually kind of an interesting show to compare it to because kardashians i think kind of went the other way Mm -hmm. where i feel like it started more fake than it appears to be now even though it probably still is just as fake yeah i just i feel like we will never get a true reality dating show like i don't 
I don't think that it is possible anymore because of what The Bachelor has done to create a show where real people are really trying to find real love. And it, you know, it, it's hard to tell how much is manipulated on every single show, but it really feels like every reality dating show I've ever seen <laughs> has been you know, pretty darn manipulated. You know, it's pretty easy to tell. And I guess that's true of most reality competition shows in general. And reality docu-series, I guess, like the Kardashians, as you mentioned. Yeah. As you were talking, I started thinking about even at the point of casting, these shows are fake. Because, and hear me out with this one. So I watched the Netflix dating show, Love is Blind, mm -hmm. which is a very cool concept, but if love was truly blind, then why did we cast all beautiful people to be on the show? Yep. All able-bodied people to be on the show? You know, all heterosexual mm -hmm. people to be on the show? Like, if love was really blind, like, the cast for the show would be so much more diverse, so mm -hmm. different. Like, you would have some, dare I say, not TV ready people in the mix and then let's see if love really is blind you mm -hmm. know so even casting the people that it does like the bachelor casting all these beautiful people that even in itself is manipulative is mm -hmm. unreal because it doesn't reflect how people actually are in the real world right well anyway on to a next big topic of discussion, which is sort of along the same lines, just as The Bachelor twists everything that it puts on screen, <laughs> it has caused its a lot of its audience to develop a twisted perception of love and sex and relationships. Now, I have a little bit of a, a hot take on this, I guess you could say. <laughs> I think that The Bachelor and The Bachelorette is basically just porn for sad old married ladies in loveless marriages. That's not the only people who watches it, but people who probably enjoy it the most and have, as I said earlier, there's the camps of people who watch it, the two camps, and this camp is definitely the ones that are yearning for that true love to be found, that they want that because they want to maybe live vicariously through the contestants and find it for themselves in a way that they don't have or never really had. So I think that by presenting what it does on screen, The Bachelor instills false hope in people that love is real and can be found by anyone at any time. And I'm not saying that love is not real and <laughs> that no one really has a real chance at love. I'm not that jaded, even though I personally haven't found it myself. It, I think it does just lead to this idea for some people that everyone will always have a fairy tale ending whenever it's right. And, you know, you see the two people at smiling and happy at the after the final rose ceremony, and then a few weeks later, you're following the tabloids and you find out that they broke up and it was never real in the first place. It's just, I feel like it's such a mind beep for <laughs> a lot of people who get invested in the lives yeah. of these people and who want things to work out, but maybe the contestants on the show don't even want it to work out. So like, why are you wasting your time wanting it to work out for them? I saw this take of yours and I initially agreed with you, but then I started to think about all of the people I see on Instagram and the strong Instagram presence that The Bachelor has. So I did look a little bit into the viewership statistics and obviously 
way more women watch the show than men. That Mm -hmm. is pretty clear. And the largest or kind uh, yeah, I guess like the largest demographic of people watching it are over 45. But there are still a lot of people between the ages of 18 and 36 that watch. So it's not just the sad old ladies. It's also the sad young ladies watching, (laughs) which might in a way be darker somehow. And I just, I don't know. I thought about the people I know around my age who are single and how they interact with the dating world and how I both think the dating world is failing them, but I also think that their expectations are really flawed. And Mm. I do think that a show like The Bachelor that presents love in the way it does, I do think it it impacts all of its viewers, whether young or old, about like what love really looks like or what love can be. And it's it's like not fun to think about at all. It's, yeah. It's hurtful. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. As someone who has tried navigating the dating world for the last uh, too many years to count, I would say that it it would be nice if I could like go on a show like The Bachelor at The Bachelor, whatever, and find someone that I actually do love, but it's yeah. not going to happen. You know, I'm I'm well enough aware of what the show is to not expect that it could happen like that for me. But some people may not be well enough aware of that and might think that a show like that is what they need or have expectations in real life for things to be the way that they see on screen. I guess this is a little bit of a step away from what we're talking about, but it's it's interesting to me. So the majority of people that watch the show are women, but the show has such a messed up presentation of how sex is viewed for men Mm -hmm. or women and you would think that a show with such a female fan base would have a much more progressive view of sex but basically if any female contestant talks about sex or having a sexual relationship before the show or on the show she is slut shamed for lack of a better word with men it's almost never presented that way this is something that absolutely made my stomach turn the whole season that I watched with Colton because every woman who had ever been on the show, like if she mentioned sex one time, as you said, she was slut shamed. It was something that she was supposed to be embarrassed of basically, you know, no one wanted to own the fact that they wanted to have a physical relationship, at least on the female side. But you get one guy on the show as the bachelor who is willing to say that he's never had sex and the entire season the whole goal of the season becomes for this guy to lose his virginity. Yeah. It's like, it's like he's some kind of circus freak on this mythical noble quest to finally have some sex because that's what a man should do. Mm -hmm. And if it was a woman on there saying, I am a virgin and I am ready to lose my virginity. Can you even imagine the way that people would react to that? Like it's, I... I, I can't even wrap my mind around such a double standard in today's society. Mm -hmm. Like, it physically makes me ill to think about how every single 
episode of Colton season. It's they're playing this soundbite where he's like, when I finally lose my virginity, it'll be passionate. It'll be tender. And it'll be everything she ever wanted and all this stuff. And like every single episode ends with a question, will Colton finally lose his virginity? Like if it was that is crazy. Yes. Like I can't even begin to process how people think that that's okay in mm-hmm. society today. Like, first of all, if the guy does not want to have sex when he's un- until he's 26, regardless of whether he's actually gay or not, which we'll get to in a little bit, <laughs> um, like, if he has chosen to not have sex up to that point, fine! Like, what right. is it about our society that mandates that men should be having sex as soon as possible and women should be waiting as long as possible and the fact that the bachelor not only buys into that idea but perpetuates it in 2019 when this season was airing is it's disgusting to me like i can't believe it actually happened honestly (laughs) i mean i will say one of the highlights of watching the hannah brown season for me personally is the episode I finished watching today where she is getting called out by one of her final four on the Mm -hmm. fantasy date round. And he is literally says to her, if I found out that you had sex with any of the three guys left, I would leave the competition. (laughs) And she gets so mad. And she is basically like, look, I am a woman of faith too. Until I came on the show, I had only had sex with two men in my life, which, like, let's be real, listeners, is not a lot of people for a woman (laughs) in her mid-20s. And she's like, you are committing your own acts of sin right now. You're being prideful. You're being controlling. You're being all of these things. You are not my husband. You cannot tell me what I can and can't do with my body. And he will not go down without a fight. Like, he just keeps bringing up all this Bible shit and all this stuff to her. And she just says, I want you to leave. I'm done. I see now why no one likes you. You are a messed up person. And she walks him out. He literally won't get up. He's making fists with his hands like a psychopath. And she walks him to the car and he asks can I pray over you? And she says, no. And he still won't leave. And finally, then she's like, I know what I can say to get you to leave. I effed in a windmill and I did it again. (laughs) I did it twice. Like, and then finally he leaves. And I mean, maybe this just echoes something I've personally gone through, which when I first lost my virginity, I'm I will bring it up on this podcast. I told a close friend of mine who was extremely religious and he literally started gagging and pretending to cry and puke from finding that out. And I was just like, why am I even friends with this person? This is crazy. Like, I just, and anyway, I don't know. I'm sure that Plenty of people out there have gone through experiences like this, especially if you grew up in a religious household. But like, it's so, I mean, I, the show definitely perpetuates stereotypes, but I do give it props for letting this season happen the way that it did. 
And I give Hannah Brown a lot of props as The Bachelorette for throughout the whole season talking about, yes, I am a woman of God. I am a Christian. I believe in this. But I also understand that sex is something very important to me with my future husband. And I will explore that when I reach a point where I feel comfortable doing that. And honestly, Jesus isn't going to judge me for it. And knowing the fan base of the show being mostly women, a lot of white women, Christian women from the South, and Hannah Brown herself, white woman from the South, I think it's powerful that this was shown on the show. But I do wish that there was more of that from the show overall. Just maybe a slightly less outdated view of these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean... No, no, that's okay. I'm glad that you talked about all that because I hadn't watched any of that. I had heard, I like, I read descriptions of it, but I hadn't realized that it was maybe quite as dramatic as <laughs> it no. sounds like it was. But, <laughs> yeah. like, it, the fact that it took this long into the show's history to have those kinds of conversations on air, to have someone owning the fact that, yes, she was intimate with contestants, you know, on, during the course of the show. It wasn't the first time. Um, there was, a, I think, the first time that it was ever actually, like, confirmed on air that someone had sex with one of her contestants. It was in season 10. Andy Dorfman was the bachelorette for that season, and the runner-up on the After the Final Rose episode, Nick Vile was his name, made a statement regarding the fantasy suite, saying... If you weren't in love with me, I'm just not sure why you made love to me. And it was like the world had ended for Bachelor Nation. The fact that it was like revealed that someone actually did have sex in the fantasy suite. Even though like the whole premise Point. of it, yes, the whole like everything builds to the idea of people having sex in the fantasy suite but then they never tell you if they did and sure it's none of our business what happens between those two people in the fantasy suite but if you're going to lose your mind over the fact that someone actually did it then what is the point in trying to make us think that it will or won't happen anyway like i just don't know well i also Um, just looking Oh, you're going to say what I was just going to say. I was going to say the next season um, <laughs> yeah. is of The Bachelorette. Caitlin Bristow sleeps with Nick Vile, who returns. <laughs> and, like, she slept with him before even the fantasy suite round, and the other contestants found out about it. And it was the first time in the show's history that that was ever confirmed to happen so early. And Caitlin received death threats for talking about it so openly on the show. And again... The, the double standard of this Nick guy, two uh-huh. seasons in a row sleeping with someone, no one has a word to say about that. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Ridiculous. It is. On season 23, which was Colton's season, of uh, season 23 of The Bachelor, there were some more open conversations about sex than had ever been had on the show. Hannah Brown was a contestant on that season before she became The Bachelorette, and she admitted her guilt over not saving herself for marriage when she was talking to Colton about his virginity. But I just find it so fascinating then that she kind of transformed, you know, moved away from that guilt to completely taking ownership of her sexuality and her sexual agency in her own season of the show. And I think that's a powerful statement that when a woman is the one who is making the choice for herself of who she's going to 
be with. Yeah, that's a good point. That sex is something that she's going to consider. You know, she's not going to say, oh, I wish that I hadn't done this in order to appeal to someone who has not done it himself. (laughs) And then also, on a more serious note, Kaylin Miller Keyes was a contestant on that season who talked about being raped in college. She had a very open and frank discussion of the sexual assault that happened to her and to a couple of her friends as well, which is a place that the show, to my knowledge, had never gone to to that extent before. And I think it is powerful for the show to be making that kind of a statement, you know, for a woman to be coming on the show and saying, I did not want this sex that happened to me and it has affected my life so significantly in this way. That's important and responsible of the show, I think, to do. And I absolutely applaud her Kaylin for being as open about that as she was. I was just going to say before we move on from this section is that if viewers didn't know this and you're listening to this episode and you are a viewer of The Bachelor, contestants are given an STD test before they come on the show. And so whatever your beliefs are surrounding sex, it is obvious that the show knows that sex is probably going to happen and the contestants do as well given the fact that they are std tested before they come on and actually until recent seasons of the show the fantasy suite was not even supplied with condoms (laughs) i know that on hannah brown's season it was so by season 15 of the bachelorette that had changed but for most of the show's run it wasn't there and i read comments from contestants that they were like oh yeah like I guess looking back on it, it was weird, but, you know, we had all been given STD tests and I was on the pill, so, like, we didn't even use a condom. Which is kind of crazy to think about from just a, like, protecting themselves, not even the contestants protecting themselves, but the show protecting themselves. Just seems really weird that that wouldn't have been included. And I just wanted to mention it here. Another thing that... I think ties in with this twisted perception of love and sex and relationships is the fact that the franchise basically completely ignored the fact that any humans of the same sex might be attracted to each other or have relationships (laughs) with one another. Up until season 23 contestant Demi Burnett appeared on Bachelor in Paradise and revealed that she is queer. Now Demi had been very outspoken on her season, Colton's season, that she wanted to take his virginity. But then in between the time of being on The Bachelor and going on Bachelor in Paradise, she had met a woman named Christian Haggerty, who was then brought on to Bachelor in Paradise as a love interest for her. And that was the first time ever in The Bachelor universe that there was a same-sex relationship of any kind. And they eventually did get engaged on the show, but they are no longer together. It feels so half-assed, I guess, for them to throw one bone to one person and say, here, you can have a little queer storyline, but would we ever do a full same-sex season? Of course not. Like, I, I cannot see anything like that ever happening. And the fact that you don't even have contestants on the show that I'm aware of, anyway, who are openly coming out saying, yes, I am bisexual, I am pansexual, or I am trans, I am non-binary, anything like that, it just totally diminishes, or is meant to diminish, maybe, homosexual or non-heterosexual love and relationships. I think... This is actually a pretty good segue into our next section, (laughs) because Mm -hmm. given 
everything we've already talked about and the way that the show treats its contestants and minimizes whole parts of humanity in what they represent. It's kind of unsurprising to me that the show has had a pretty negative impact on contestants' mental health. Over the course of its run, at least five contestants from the show have either died by suicide or drug overdose that were likely connected in some way to being on the show or addictions being exacerbated by being on the show. And I will just tack on without going into detail here, but the show I mentioned earlier, Love Island, if you look into that show, it has even more suicides associated with contestants who were on that show. So this is definitely a problem among these dating reality shows, The Bachelor included. And it's pretty messed up to think about. I know on our podcast, we usually talk about like the impact of these shows on the people watching it. But this is one very obvious moment where we can take a step back and say not only is the show impacting its viewers, but it is quite literally having a real impact on the people who come on the show. Yeah, I mean, it's impossible to identify the exact reasons why someone may choose to end their life or might develop drug addictions. But it it just seems too coincidental to think that it's not because of the show. And part of the process of the show might have been contributing to that, but I also think it's what happens after with the fans. Like, you have a fan base that is so active and so toxic in the way that they do yeah. just reduce people to what they see of them on the show. Like, they form these ideas about who that person is, about what they do, what they can do and like they are free to share those opinions online and seeing that day after day after day when as i said earlier you are trying to basically build your life your career now off of your having been on the show if it's not possible for you to do that because of who you were seen to be on the show or if you don't want to do that anymore and you can't because of the things that exist about you online then like you must just feel so trapped. Like, I can't even put myself in that position of feeling so helpless, I guess, at the fact that the world now has control of your narrative, of who you are. And it's just so hard to shake that perception with a fan base that has already decided what you are and what they will allow you to be, I guess. One thing I thought a lot about while I was watching and after I started reading about the show. So there were a few things that made me realize this, but I noticed while I was watching just the constant presence of alcohol on the show. Then when I was reading about the show, I noticed, and I can't remember her name now, but there is a former contestant of the uh suitor from The Bachelorette who came on the show and she had had alcohol problems before, maybe had even been sober and uh, admitted that she was an alcoholic. And then she came on the show and producers just supply so much alcohol to these people <laughs> that she ended up starting drinking again. Mm. And you think about, you know, what we mentioned earlier is like, you know, people getting cleared for the show by psych that maybe shouldn't have been cleared. And I think that that's one very clear instance of someone being cleared to be on the show who probably shouldn't have been because producers openly use alcohol as a way to get people to talk more, be more relaxed, more loose, more drama, all of that. And 
it just isn't surprising to me that addiction problems are exacerbated by contestants participating in the show. Because even as a viewer watching it, I couldn't help but think the only way to watch it is to have a drink and watch it. Like, it's... (laughs) One, it's just not that enjoyable, but also you're watching these people consume alcohol the entire time. And then that started me thinking about how I feel like specifically for women, alcohol use is becoming a huge problem. We've seen a a rise in consumption of alcohol for women over the past 50 years. Men used to outpace women in their drinking three to one three drinks to one. Now it's a one to one, which is pretty alarming considering that women just like physically cannot drink as much as men. Mm -hmm. And so showing all of this drinking on The Bachelor and then knowing that the people watching the show are women and knowing that they may be affected by seeing this alcohol on screen may drink more because they are seeing it. I literally found studies that show that this is possible, that watching people drink may make you want to drink more. It all just seems very real and tangible. It feels like a very obvious like result that may occur from this show airing. And I'm not saying The Bachelor is the only show to blame, but I think just generally right now in our culture like every reality show there's alcohol every you know madmen alcohol all the time like it has to be affecting viewers on some level let alone the contestants who then go on the show and then develop these problems or exacerbate problems that are already there mm-hmm. so i don't know if you had anything that you thought about that but yeah and i mean i had not that had not even occurred to me honestly so i'm very glad that you did think about that and brought that up i mean maybe I don't feel compelled to drink when I watch the show just because I don't drink at all, because <laughs> I don't like the taste of alcohol. Um, like I, I think it totally makes sense that I don't know if we want to put it in such broad terms, but that the show might drive people to drink whether they are on the show <laughs> or watching it. I know that I wish that I had been drunk enough to forget ever having watched it whenever I was watching it, <laughs> but. And it's it's not really a laughing matter, though, because it, if all you're seeing are these depictions of people who are, you know, by all accounts, living these glamorous and desirable lives as beautiful people, you know, having fun, sexy time now and then and all of that, and you think that the drinks that they are having are facilitating all of that, then you might be more encouraged to try it. I would be really interested to see what a completely sober season of The Bachelor would look like. Honestly, that would be, I think, fascinating. It would. Will it ever happen? No. No. But (laughs) but sort of an interesting point to tie into that, Bachelor in Paradise on season four of the show had... A very, um, I, I would say, complex situation regarding some sexual misconduct allegations that shut down production for a little while and subsequently resulted in some changes to the way that alcohol is supplied and monitored on the set. So, contestants Corinne Olympios and Demario Jackson were filmed having an intimate encounter during which Olympios was thought to be too inebriated to consent. So, production was shut down while an investigation was done. Production resumed nine days later without Olympias or Jackson, and the 
internal investigation cleared the show of any wrongdoing along with its producers. In an interview after the show, Corinne told Chris Harrison that she drank while taking a medication that is not supposed to be mixed with alcohol, which caused her to become, quote, imbalanced and mentally checked out. But there was no way for anyone around her to know that that was the case. And after production resumed, there were new rules introduced regarding both alcohol consumption and it was also determined that producers must approve any contestants that want to have sexual intercourse on oh, Bachelor wow. in Paradise, at least. I don't know if that's the case on the regular Bachelor and Bachelorette, but I just find that all very interesting. Well, one thing that's especially icky about this for me is I was reading about her, uh, Corinne's original appearance on The Bachelor before being on Bachelor in Paradise. Mm -hmm. And there was a huge awareness by people watching the show that she was drinking maybe too much. Mm -hmm. There's all of these tweets out there about, oh, Corinne's drunk again. Oh, Corinne's definitely drunk. And so I would feel like if it was edited so that viewers could pick up on the fact that she was drinking too much and it was used for humor on the show, that producers had an idea that she might have a drinking problem and they invited her back to be on Bachelor in Paradise. Mm -hmm. She was psychologically cleared to come back. Like, you're playing with fire at that point. Like, And the thing is, like, we'll, we will probably never know the exact circumstances of what went down there. Obviously, the producers have a vested interest in not letting it see the light of day because... It ain't a good look, <laughs> and right. it nearly threatened to shutter that season of the show. But, like, the fact that, yes, they've changed these rules, which they address vaguely. I'm sure that they will never reveal all of the rules, because there are NDAs involved that the contestants are not allowed to disclose the kind of rules they agree to and things like that. But, like, who knows what kind of things like this have happened that have not been brought to light or have not been addressed by the show. It's right. just uh, icky. All right, so we have one kind of final big point about the show that we wanted to bring up, which is the notable lack of racial diversity among contestants and suitors on the show. So in the first 44 seasons of the show, there have only been seven leads of color, four black, and all four of those have been since 2017. One Latino, one half Iranian, and one half Cuban. So Bachelor fans responded to this lack of diversity and formed the Bachelor Diversity Campaign in 2020, which has been calling for change to the franchise that goes beyond just casting non-white leads and more non-white contestants. And as of December 2021, over 165,000 people had signed this campaign, which called for increased on-screen and behind-the-scenes diversity. Uh, it also called for equitable screen time, improved mental health resources, a public pledge to thoroughly vet contestants for problematic pasts, which is something I can get behind, and so much more than that. I mean, I think it's a great thing that the fans were the ones who stepped up to make this push for greater diversity. It's really sad that <laughs> ABC and the producers did not make more of a push, but as much as I hate to say this, like, the numbers for the show, the ratings, the demographics, kind of make it understandable why 
they did not feel the need to push it when they did have their first black lead in 2017 with Rachel Lindsay as the first black bachelorette. Ratings were notably down for her season. You can't maybe fully attribute it to the fact that it was a season starring a black person. Um, you know, there was, I, I think, such a huge mentality of if it ain't broke, don't fix it from the network's mm-hmm. perspective. And it's like, why would we take a chance on hiring someone is not not a part of our key demographic of white Christian Southern women, as we've said a couple of times now, if it, you know, could jeopardize the viewing numbers, which still continued to be huge. So props to them for finally making that decision after a lot of social pressure to do so. But then, you know, they, it has not really changed that much. Like, at, since then, you've had a total of four non-white leads out of, I think, eight, nine seasons, maybe, that have aired since then. So not terrible, I guess, but still could definitely be better and could definitely be better among the contestants as well. I don't believe that there's ever been a final mixed race couple. I could be wrong about that. But part of that is probably because the casts have been so non-diverse that... You know, it just, just st- statistically, statistically it's not wouldn't happen. happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, we have seen these commitments from, like, I think, of CBS did a, com- yeah, a commitment yeah. to having fifty percent BIPOC contestants on all of their reality shows going forward, at least fifty percent. You also have RuPaul's Drag Race, which we talked about on that episode. The diversity that was not even an expressed commitment to having. Just was. They were just always good about making sure they had diverse casts. So it's just interesting to me to me that The Bachelor did not feel the need to do it any earlier and did not mm-hmm. get called out for it any earlier. And maybe they were in smaller pockets of society when racial issues were not quite as prominent. But good for them, I guess, for kind of taking some steps, but it's clear that it's not really changing too much. Also, important thing to note here, Chris Harrison, as I said at the top of the episode, had been the host of all all things Bachelor since the show started in 2002. He was being interviewed by Rachel Lindsay, the first Black Bachelorette, on Extra in February of 2021. Uh, Rachel asked Chris for his thoughts on photos that had recently surfaced online of a current contestant and eventual winner of this season that was airing at the time, um, named Rachel Kirkconnell, who was photographed at an Old South Ball held by her sorority. Um, Old South Balls celebrate and romanticize the antebellum South. And Chris Harrison said that it was not his place or the place of the Bachelor franchise to comment publicly on the photos until Rachel Kirkconnell had addressed them herself. And he then gave a 13-minute response during which he said Rachel should be granted understanding, grace, and compassion. While he claimed to not be defending her, he criticized fans who were making judgments about her before she publicly addressed the photos. His comments were met with swift backlash and led to his issuing an apology and stepping aside from the Bachelor franchise, quote, for a period of time. And Rachel Lindsay was calling him out, rightfully so, for saying these things during that interview. And it's worth noting that Rachel Lindsay herself received some serious backlash from fans online, which was harsh enough for her to temporarily deactivate her Instagram account to get the Bachelor Nation to back off. Now, Chris Harrison had some 
talks with the network, navigating what role he could take in the series going forward after this whole incident, and he permanently left the Bachelor franchise in June of 2021. This whole thing is is very... It's it's very weird to me because almost in a sense do have some compassion for Chris Harrison just because I feel like he is like I I didn't I should have looked up like his entire response but just like thinking about it from what you just said like it just sounds like he was really trying to be like a host like Mm -hmm. I just watch him on The Bachelor and I watch The Bachelor in general and I just feel like all of the conversations are kind of conversations about nothing and it's Mm -hmm. like throwing around a lot of these like terms and like I just think he was almost so polished to the point where he was just used to being like ah like understanding grace compassion like just kind of talking out his butt a little bit without thinking about the social climate of the time Mm -hmm. and thinking about maybe a more meaningful and real response to what he was being asked about. Because to me, it doesn't sound like he was necessarily super offensive. It was just that he tried to toe this line and throw some empathy on someone who maybe didn't really deserve that empathy or like I wouldn't have given that empathy to. And I hope that I am not canceled for saying that because I obviously think that the show should have more diversity and totally support that but I just think it's kind of just like a a situation where someone really just didn't say the right thing in the right way but I am glad that he's leaving the franchise even to just spice it up a little bit get some different blood involved like get some different people in there who might (laughs) make it funnier or might have enough I I can't remember the people do you remember the people who are going to be stepping in for him or who did step in for him already so i think on the bachelorette if i remember correctly it's um caitlin bristow as okay. one of them and then also Tasha adams who is black um was one of the mm-hmm. final three on colton's season that i think makes things a little interesting having two bachelorette hosts who have been there before mm-hmm. the new bachelor host i think is, i want to say jesse Palmer, is that his name? He'd been a contestant and then The Bachelor much earlier on. I swear, like, Ken Jong was gonna be like a replacement (laughs) for him on something. Like, there were like celebrities, but now I'm not finding it. Oh, Lil John and Lance Bass. (laughs) Okay, that's interesting. Okay, wait. So, this article. So, I think what I was thinking of was summer of 2021. Chris Harrison was to be replaced by a slew of celebrities on Bachelor in Paradise. This is according to Variety. So it was supposed to be Lil Jon, David Spade, Titus Burgess, Mm -hmm. and Lance Bass. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I was thinking of. So Bachelor in Paradise, those people did end up coming on to host. And I remember reading that at the time and thinking, wow, great, like a more diverse celebrity group of hosts. But I guess that they are not continuing with them for the main franchises. I don't know if I'll Mm. be able to edit any of that together, but (laughs) (laughs) that is what I was thinking of. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I have a whole lot to say about this, and I feel like we've been talking for a really long time (laughs) about this. Did you have anything else you wanted to say about Chris Harrison and this whole saga? So I am glad, like you, that Chris Harrison stepped aside. I think that was the right decision. I don't think that he was prepared to make a statement in that interview. And that's why he ended up saying a lot of things that I'm sure he regrets a lot now. It's 
you know, he might say that he's not in a place to address those things before the person in question has had a chance to address them. That's bullcrap. Like, that's, yes, you as the main face of this show can say, look, this is not okay and this is not something we support. So clearly he's trying to take the safe route and deflect Mm -hmm. as much as he can and not make the show's fan base, which he knows is he knows the demographics of he knows who watches this show he's trying not to make them angry not trying to rile them up anymore it just felt so disingenuous i think yeah i will say not to be like a negative nancy but it's great that 165,000 people signed this you know call for more diversity on the show but if the show's getting six million live viewers a week mm-hmm. 165,000 people are just a drop in the bucket of that yep that's true Well, that went way longer than I actually expected it to, and I have a bad feeling that it may end up being a two-part episode. (laughs) I know. I don't want it to be. (laughs) Yeah, we had a very long conversation about The Bachelor, which I hope to never do again, (laughs) if I'm going to be honest. (laughs) So I hope that you listeners have enjoyed this conversation a lot more than I ever enjoyed watching The Bachelor. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) And if you have anything to talk about, if you have anything to chime in on about this episode, please go to our Instagram, comment on our posts at Televisionary Podcast. Um, yep. Follow us on TikTok follow at us on TikTok uh, Televisionary too. Podcast as well. Mm-hmm. And we appreciate you. I, I feel like that didn't sound very sincere. But it is. We appreciate you. <laughs> and um, we will see you again next time. Or yes. we'll, you'll hear us again next time. I always Listeners, say see. Will you accept this rose? And by rose, I mean this episode. (laughs) Yes. You know, I think that this could be the most dramatic podcast episode ever. Similar to the most dramatic rose ceremony ever. You know, you get it. I get it. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, I've been Elena Hillard. And I've been Cody Hoffman. Thanks for listening. Bye. Have a great day or night. Thanks for listening to Televisionary. If you like what you heard, share this episode with a friend. You can follow us on Instagram at Televisionary Podcast, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. Bye!